Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Eruk the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Today on the Indo Daily. A Garda facing prosecution for chasing a notorious burglary gang. In 2021, three men who were well-known criminals were killed in a car crash on the N7. In a bid to avoid Gardaí, they had driven the wrong way down the dual carriageway, smashing head-on into a truck. Now Agarda involved in that chase is facing criminal charges in relation to the fatal accident. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today I'm joined by the Irish Independence Ireland editor, Fionan Sheehan, to find out why. Fionan, the deaths of three criminals on the N7 was one of the biggest stories of 2021. Can you remind us what happened on that night? So this was a horrific incident. It was a a really awful way for for people to to die. On the the night in question, a Garda patrol car was in the, the Cheverstown area of West Dublin. That's kind of further west of Talla. And the guards noticed a BMW 3 Series driving quite erratically. A BMW 3 Series had also been reported to have been involved in burglaries in previous weeks. So the guards attempted to pull the car over. The car took off. And by took off, I mean uh, high speed. This resulted in the guardie in the patrol car pursuing them. The guard who was at the wheel did have the, the adequate driving qualifications to engage in, in a pursuit. He also called for backup and he called for Garda air support, but that, that wasn't available. So effectively, he was on his own. It headed east towards the N7, which basically people will know it's the main road in and out of Dublin. And at that point, the BMW went down the off-ramp to, to join the N7 and was travelling in the wrong direction, so basically on the opposite side of the road, with its lights off, driving at, at high speed. This is a tactic that is sometimes used by criminal gangs on the basis that they calculate that the guards are not going to chase them in a situation like that because it, it's too high risk. It, at that point, the, the guard at chasing the BMW broke off from the chase the BMW continued down the N7 between City West and Baldonnell, wrong side of the road and lights off at high speed and basically had, was involved in a head-on collision with a, a truck. The Garda Ombudsman Commission is appealing for witnesses to last night's car crash on the N7, the Nace Road in Dublin, in which three men were killed. It's believed Gardaí had begun to pursue the car in nearby Tala prior to the crash. Like the car basically exploded and the the three occupants were, were killed instantly. 
and absolutely gruesome and, and horrific details subsequently in that the bodies so badly damaged that dental records and DNA were needed to identify them. The the driver of the, the truck was also seriously injured and he was transferred to Tala University Hospital. The Garda car that had been involved in the pursuit was then the, the first on the scene and was involved in, in closing off the road, uh, ensuring that other people didn't, didn't get caught up in the incident. So this was a, a really horrific crash. The this was quite close to, people who know the City West, the yeah. old Irish independent printing press, people know the big glass wall as you head out. Yeah, and on, on the turn on off the toward, towards City West's uh, hotel, people will also be familiar with the So the, it's a three, four lanes, the road is there? Yeah, right? at that point. The rules of engagement for, for the guards are that they can engage in a high-speed chase. They can break the obvious, the rules of the road, stop signs, traffic lights, speed limits on, on two criteria. The Garda has to have what's called a CPD2, which is basically an advanced driving course, which not every guard has, by the way, who's driving. So the only guards who are allowed to turn on a siren and a blue lights uh, are actually guards who have these, these qualifications. And also that it does not endanger or put at risk members uh, of the public. If if that criteria cannot be satisfied by, by the guard, the guard is supposed to break off from in, engaging in, in a chase. So we'll come back to why this story is now back front and centre two years later. And that is to do with the Garda chase and the idea that there is going to be a prosecution for one of the Garda involved in that pursuit. But first, Talk to me about the victims of this crash. And we have to remember three people died here in this. And for all their crimes, that is still a tragedy for their families. Dean Maguire, Carl Freeman and Graham Taylor were very well known to Gardy. Yeah, so, so Dean Maguire was, was 29, Carl Freeman 26 and Graham Taylor 31. Tragic loss of life of three young men. They were well known to Gardy because between them, they had over 200 convictions, everything from burglary to assault to, to driving offences. They were, they were all from the Tala area. So well, well known to, to Gardaí, certainly believed to, to be involved in, in continual criminal activity and had been involved in a, in a criminal gang previously that was linked to a criminal known as Fat Andy Connors. Now people who follow the, the, the crime pages will be familiar with Fat Andy. Uh, he was a dangerous gangland leader and he was actually shot dead outside his own home in Sagart in West Dublin in August of 2014. So as the details uh, emerged uh, of th- th- this crash. The names became known locally first, I suppose, rather than previous to the official identification. Because Gardaí actually weren't able to identify them from the crash. And the, the effectively DNA and dental records required to actually have the formal identification. So that's how gruesome this crash scene uh, was on the time. So Dean Maguire, he was described previously as being a part of a highly sophisticated organised crime gang and he had over 25 convictions. He was on the run from police in the UK because he had absconded from an open prison where he was serving a sentence for burglary at the time that the crash actually happened. Yeah, so he was effectively back in West Dublin uh, on his old stomping ground. His two accomplices then were Carl Freeman. He had been described previously in court as a, a menace to society. Carl Freeman had over 60 convictions and these 
these offences included thefts, burglary, assault. The one that, that stood out, I suppose, was 2017 when he was jailed. Aggravated burglary of a 77-year-old woman at her home in County Wicklow. That woman was threatened by masked men who broke in at 2 o'clock in the morning and they robbed her wedding ring and, and other items. And she never returned to her home because she was so terrified by the experience. He was believed to be the driver of the car, Carl Freeman. Yeah, and Graham Taylor then, the, the third occupant of the car, had previously been involved in a similar incident. So he was driving on the wrong side of the road when being chased by Gardaí a number of years previously and he was jailed in 2019. And in that particular incident, he was travelling 120 kilometres an hour in a 50 kilometre zone, going in the wrong direction and also going around directions around roundabouts into on- oncoming traffic. Now, he had... 121 previous convictions. 11 of these for were for dangerous driving along with burglary, handling stolen property, criminal damage and assaulting a Garda. Now, I said to you at the top that this was one of the biggest stories of 2021. But the reason for that actually wasn't the crash in itself. It's what followed in the days afterwards. And I'm thinking particularly of the tributes that were paid by some members of their local community and then the furore that erupted around the events at the funerals. At the time, we were still in the midst of COVID-19, so there were still restrictions in place. When Dean Maguire's uh, funeral took place in Tala, pandemic restrictions were, were basically ignored. And But it was m- mainly what happened in the church and during the course of the, the, the ceremony that stood out. Well, let's remind people of what happened at yeah. the funeral. The, one of the first things was an image appeared online of Dean Maguire and it was a picture of a pair of gloves and two screwdrivers beside a, a tribute to him and the caption on it was no better man to put them to use. And the clear implication was he was a burglar. This continued then throughout the funeral effectively paying tribute to his, his life in crime when somebody dies symbols are offered up in the, in the offertory procession and in Dean Maguire's case the symbols that appeared the offertory gifts they included a torch uh, and a screwdriver there was a reed in the shape of a screwdriver as well again an allusion to his his life uh, as a burglar and a poster that said R.I.P. Dean, you know the score, get on the floor, don't be funny, give me the money. So that, again, is a, is a reference this uh, is all to armed robbery. the local Catholic church. Mm. It gained added notoriety, I suppose, this funeral because there was a video taken by The Undertakers and there was a number of, of friends and, and mourners uh, at that funeral. It wasn't quite a, a chant, but it was, it was a, a constant reference to Up Fox Rock. This was a jibe at the affluent suburb on the south side of Dublin where the, the basically the, the residents were, they were targeted and terrorised by this gang, that this was an area that this, this gang uh, actually was constantly in their sights for their burglaries. When the, the hearse moved to the, to the graveyard, it was escorted by a fleet of motorbikes. The engines were screaming and the rubber w- was, was burning. And all of this was at the height of, of COVID-19. But it was basically like, like really nothing that people had seen before. Yeah, one of the priests, Father Donald Roach, who wasn't actually saying the funeral but was present for it said it he went on live line afterwards said it was incredibly stressful the most disturbing liturgy he was ever at explaining this he said there was a sense of restlessness and the priest uh, officiating uh, another well respected uh, padre was uh, up against it he rang the guardie 
The priest rang the Gardaí uh, for assistance. And the Garda, our, our Garda Shia Khan replied, they said they, they, if anything happened, they would, at, they would attend. But otherwise, their presence would uh, heighten the situation. And people noted that even during the ceremony, one of the women who stood up to pay tribute on the altar said, sorry for the language, Father. Rest in peace, you fucking legend. Yeah, so there was criticism at the time directed towards the, the clergy that they had effectively let that this funeral get out of control, that this was not what what you would would regard there as a, a solemn occasion to recall the, the passing of somebody and, and let people share the mourning experience with, with their, their family. in their defence, they said, uh, or, or at least some of those involved in the, the liturgy said, they felt they had no option. They had said it to the guards. The guards said they would watch over it, but they didn't want to get involved. It could make the situation worse. So basically everybody was in an impossible position was the, the argument put forward by, by the church. But fast forward now, Fiona, there was an inquest in recent days in relation to this, which has been put on hold basically because it was brought forward that actually there may be criminal charges pending out of all of this for a Garda. The inquest into the, the three deaths was due to begin. Uh, and it was basically deferred because a senior investigator from the Garda Síochána Ombudsman Commission uh, appeared in court. Now, when a, a Garda is in any way involved in a, a serious incident, particularly one where, where somebody dies, uh, GSOC will, as routine, get involved and have to investigate uh, the incident. GSOC the, the Garda watchdog. The Garda basically. watchdog, uh, you know, th- so that's set out uh, quite clearly in statute. In this case, obviously, GSOC initiated their investigation. There had been a, a chase involving a Garda car uh, and three people had subsequently uh, died. What did come across as quite a surprise was when the, the GSOC investigator basically arrived in court and, and sought the deferral of the inquest on the basis that the Garda was now facing prosecution in relation to his driving on the, the night uh, in question. Now, the, the, the GSOC officer also gave some additional details. He said that the decision was taken on foot of GSOC conducting their investigation, sending a file to the Director of Public Prosecutions and the Director of Public Prosecutions only determining the previous day that a, uh, charges would be brought forward. The GSOC were in touch with the, the solicitor of the, the guard involved. Obviously, the, he had been questioned in relation to the incident and so on as part of their, their investigation. They had been in touch with the solicitors to say that charges were, were now coming forward. But there was no detail given as to well, what exactly is he being charged with here? Is it as a minor traffic offence? Is it in relation to uh, endangerment, which would be a more, more and more serious level? And this did cause a, a great deal of disquiet. The commentary has basically been this Garda was carrying out his duty on the night. He observed uh, three people who were involved in a criminal gang. He pursued them and they sought to evade him in the most dangerous way possible by driving the wrong way down a main road. And now he is the one who is, is facing prosecution. It came to a head last week in the Dáil when Alan Kelly, the party leader and cabinet minister, basically got up uh, and and said, like, this needs to be all be looked at, that the, the legislature the doll needs to look at the activities of, of GSOC. And he said it was outrageous that there was a decision to prosecute the Garda. Now, let me just be very clear about this. The public are outraged about this. These uh, Garda were doing their job 
And what's it saying to criminals? So basically it's saying to criminals, uh, drive down the wrong side of a bus lane or a road or on a footpath or whatever, and the guards won't pursue you because they're afraid they're going to get prosecuted themselves. Mm. And he put this to the, the Justice Minister, Simon Harris, sitting in the, in the chamber at the time. The, Alan Kelly was, was cautioned about how you know how much he could say here, but he argued that, look, th- there's no charges brought forward here. Yeah, it's, wor- yes. it's, it's worth remembering, that's unusual because politicians are not supposed to comment on decisions by the DPP because that could well end up in a court case. So they're not supposed to do that. Yeah, you, you could end up with a situation where charges are being brought forward and somebody ends up before a jury and, and members of the jury uh, would have heard of this previous criticism. In this case, no charges have actually been brought forward. There's just been a signal that charges are on the way. So this Garda is left not knowing exactly what he, he has been charged with. If a fundraiser has been set up on GoFundMe, which has already raised 35 grand towards the Garda's legal fees. Who set uh, that up? So it's unclear exactly who set it up. It's not official. It wasn't set up by the Garda Representative Association, which is the trade union here. So it seems to be set up in support of him. And you can see from that that a number of people who are donating are identifying themselves as, as Gardaí and want to support their colleague. And a number of others are citizens uh, of the country who are saying that he also uh, deserves support. There are also concerns being expressed for his safety because uh, effectively these three individuals were involved in a criminal gang. They had other criminal accomplices. Uh, and there are concerns for his safety beyond that, because if he is prosecuted and he is brought to court, he will obviously be named and his home address uh, will be given out in court. And there are worries amongst friends and colleagues of his that he will then be targeted by accomplices of this, this criminal gang. There are also people saying within that, particularly within the, the Gardaí themselves, when you talk to them, they say, you can't have immunity from prosecution. You, can, you can't allow a guard to do uh, whatever they want and that there are circumstances in which Gardaí absolutely have to be prosecuted. But they're saying in this case, this guard did his duty. He pursued a, a criminal gang and yet he is the one facing prosecution. And what have or has anything been said then by the Justice Minister Simon Harris or the Garda Commissioner Drew Harris? Have they given any view on this at all? No, they haven't. Simon Harris was in the Dáil the other day uh, sitting alongside the the Social Welfare Minister Heather Humphreys who was responding uh, on the issue and she said that uh, we can't discuss that in the Dáil and she said there's legislation going through the House which might offer an opportunity to debate this issue or to look at at the ramifications for the Garda Shikana Ombudsman Commission, a body which obviously is under a lot of scrutiny at the moment on foot of the acquittal of Jerry de Moncoch and the revelation that a senior investigator with GSOC was attending a party for the monk uh, that night with friends and family of the leader of one of the most notorious gangs out there. So GSOC is very much uh, under the spotlight at the moment and I suppose this is adding to that scrutiny. Fiona Sheehan, thank you very much. My thanks to Fiona Sheehan, Ireland editor at the Irish Independent. I'm Kevin Doyle, and today's episode was produced by Mary Carroll, researched by Anna Vegler-Chick, and sound by Niall McMonagall. Archive clips were from RTE's Liveline, RTE News, Virgin Media News, and Independent.ie. If you enjoy the Indo Daily, don't forget to like, follow, and leave us a review. <laughs>